Warning, this mini-movie review contains adult language, mature situations, a famous director's return to his stored works, historical crime drama with speculated events, great de-aging technology, thoughts about Jimmy Hoffa, and Joe Pesci. Listener discretion is advised. Sparkin' mini-movie review, The Irishman. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sparkin' mini-movie review, Sparkin's podcast where we speak about new movies that just came out and our initial thoughts no long reviews and minimal spoilers you can check out our other mini movie reviews and our movie reviews and our game reviews at www.spirekin.com we're also on facebook we're on twitter instagram apple Podcasts, and various other social media sites just type in s-p-i-r-e-k-n and you'll find us somewhere so with that in mind let's get to it shall we so over Thanksgiving, I decided to watch the Netflix-slash-movie release of The Irishman, the latest film by Martin Scorsese. And I've got to say, it was a film that was engaging, intriguing, and also thought-provoking. But it wasn't the bee's knees, and it wasn't his best work. Now, full disclosure, I am a 50-50 fan of Martin Scorsese. I think some of his films are really well done and some are very overrated. He seems to stick in his wheelhouse of historical events and a lot of biopics, so that kind of gets boring after a while. He does have a lot of really great original films that are unique and intriguing. King of Comedy is a great film. Taxi Driver, I love Goodfellas. The Henry Hill book was great and the movie is great. And the casino, it's intriguing, and bringing out the dead is a complete mindfuck. But he does have a lot of same beats and just kind of sticks to the formula and makes films that are very long, and he could cut out some points, but I do respect him. He's a great director. He is one of the greats. He's not... But anyway, digress. So this film is him returning to that crime world, and it's almost a let's do the best hits. He brings a bunch of his favorite actors in, and he bases this off of a book. And this is based off a book. It's based off a book called I Heard You Paint Houses by Charles Brandt. It was released September 27th at the New York Film Festival. And it's released internationally November 1st, 2019. On Netflix and in a limited release in some theaters. And the film is 209 minutes, which is about three and a half hours, give or take. And it did not make its budget back, but it's got that Netflix money. And I've got to say, it's a very divisive film. It's starring some of the greats. I mean, it is the story of Frank Sheeran, an alleged hitman, and his stories about his time in the 50s, and his work involving Jimmy Hoffa and the Teamsters, and what happened in his life. And it's starring Robert De Niro. And I've got to say, Robert De Niro carries this movie, and he does a spectacular job at it. He knows how to play this type of character, and I think it's well done. This film's also starring Al Pacino. You have Joe Pesci coming out of retirement to work on this film, and he just fits right back into it. He's playing a very different character from his character in Goodfellas, and I gotta say, I did like that. I do want to see him in other work now. I want him to do other things, because Joe Pesci is a good actor. He may have come out of retirement for this, but I'd like to see him come out of retirement for other things as well. You also have Ray Romano, Bobby Cannavale, Anna Paquin, Stephen Graham, Stephanie Kurtzuba, Jesse Plemons, and Harvey Keitel all helping to weave this story about this hitman and his years from when he started to the end of his life. 
You'd say you'd paint houses, you know, you paint houses. What do you paint the houses with? Blood. And this is the story of a man who gets from one point to the other, and he's telling this to a unseen interviewer and what's going on, his regrets and his thoughts about this, his friendships, his family, and things he wishes he did differently and things he did, and where it gets him. And it is a very intriguing film that is has a little bit of a slow start. It's kind of... It, it's a little boring, but not terrible. And then at the 15-minute mark, then it hits its stride. That's the intriguing part. This situation, which I'm not going to spoil too much of, but it's him becoming involved with Jimmy Hoffa. Now, for those of you who don't know or have never heard of Jimmy Hoffa, most of us from my generation know Jimmy Hoffa as, oh, Jimmy Hoffa disappeared. He's probably buried under CH Stadium or somewhere else because he's a politician who disappeared and no one knows what happened to him. It's a big disappearance. No one knows. Some people believe that the mob killed them. This movie is, says that maybe something happened to him. They know what happened. We don't know. And he was a big person involving the Teamsters, and we didn't know about that. He was the president of the, it's the League of International Brotherhood of Teamsters, which is a big group that's in charge of. They're the team drivers, the national union, and they they represent a large membership of blue-collar workers. So police officers, truck drivers, um, people who are butchers, everything. If you're part of, if you're a teamster, these guys will take care of you. And being a teamster was a big deal, and Jimmy Hoffa may have let things go to his head, and stuff happened. But this goes over that, and it's done very realistically. Some people I know who are were involved with the Teamsters back in the days remember these times when you had the these parties that were for families that were done so well, that were immaculate and amazing. And that's what's intriguing about the films, that they focus on this and they do a great job representing that period of time and the individuals involved. And this middle section, the middle section is a great story. It's inventive. It's intriguing. It's engaging. It makes you want to research more into this period of time. And it's great to where the climax is. But at the place where the film should naturally progress to, at that point, it decides it's going to overstay its welcome. And it's about an hour extra character development and things we didn't really need to know to to have and show us. I mean, it was all engaging and intriguing, but there were times I'd be looking at my watch like, okay, when's this over? This is this movie does not need to be three and a half hours. We could cut out the time. Since we were watching this on Netflix, I was able to stop it, walk away, then go back and look at it. And that's what helped with this film, because it does overstay its welcome. There are some intriguing aspects to that final part, but they could have cut it down dramatically. They didn't need all of the meanderings. Also, certain characters that are shown didn't get any screen time. They, were, they had like maybe two lines in the whole movie. You didn't need that. Take it out or fix it. But I'm digressing. The film is shot well. It's an intriguing film. And I've got to say, I did love the visuals, how it was designed. It looks great. The de-aging technology is intriguing. Robert De Niro is made to look a little younger. And for the most part, it does work to smooth out the wrinkles. He still looks like he's a little bit, you know, he still looks a little old in it. 
but it looks better. The eyes look weird and they look alienish. Some of the characters aged well, some not so much with this technology, but I could see what they're doing with it. The costume designs were well done. They're all engaging and they're appropriate for the film and the period in time. And the interesting part, the part which made me intriguing, was the overarching filming. Specifically in certain parts that were filmed in the Hudson Valley in Salisbury Mills, which is uh, like within a half hour, hour from where I used to live when I was a child. Not anymore. But I used to live there. There's one shot specifically around the 50 minute mark when Al Pacino is taking out Robert De Niro's family for ice cream and they go to this place called Weir's. Now, when I was younger, I used to love going to Weir's and Weir's beforehand they were very nice place very small and there was a flood that happened and damaged the building this is in the 90s got damaged was rebuilt with something to protect the initial building from anything like a car ramming into the into the main building poles they were never there beforehand so you see it's the 1950s they're at weirs and the poles are there and some other things that were from the present it's like Hey, there was a shot at recently, and they actually went to Weir's, and I'm kind of, it was kind of a cool, like, hey, I know where they shot. So, a little geeky moment on my part. So, with that in mind, all those things, uh, so all the little geeky moments about it, what did I think about this film? I liked it. It was, some parts were really great in it, but I wasn't riveted. There were parts that dragged. The middle part is the strongest part, and it's really good. But then the opening, it's tough to get through. That ending is really tough to get through. It's not like watching Wolf of Wall Street. It's not like watching Goodfellas or Taxi Driver, where you're invested the entire time. I just, I like Goodfellas and Casino much more than this one. Even like Gangs of New York more than this one. I just kind of, I, I expected more. And I'm sorry, Mr. Scorsese, I, I think you're a great director. I really do. And I want to give this great ratings. I, when I heard you're releasing a new film, I was excited. And then just felt a little let down. For that reason, I'm going to have to give this our middle of the ground, which is worth watching in theaters or stream it once. It's okay. It's, it's good. It's pretty good. Just the negatives even out the positives. I'm probably going to give this another stream through, but I did enjoy the film at the points for what it was. And also they got great representation for so many characters, and that's something that which brought a little bit of a smile to my face. It was That was really well done. Anyway, if you disagree with me, email me, zanxan at spirekin.com. And like I said, it's just, I like Goodfellas and Casino better. But I do respect where this film went, and I respect all the individuals who were shown in this. I do respect them. And also Teamsters, I'm a Teamster. My other job, I actually had to sign into the union. So I know what it's like to, to, to hustle with that Teamster life. So don't get me wrong. But anyway, I digress. I'm ranting and raving. Uh, if you disagree with me, like I said, email me, Zan, that's X-A-N, at Also, random question of the episode is going to be, what is your favorite underrated Martin Scorsese film. And for me, it's going to be King of Comedy. I love that movie. It's one of Robert De Niro's best films, and I love his interaction with Jerry Lewis. 
So it's got that twist ending to it. Um, one film I think that's overrated by him, though, is I think that Shutter Island is a garbage movie, and The Departed, it's a good film, but I liked it better when it was Infernal Affairs. It was a better, stronger Yakuza film than it was a mob film. But, again, digress. So, with that in mind, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Hope you liked the review. And, uh, this is your host, Zan. I'm Gonsville. Keep watching movies. And we'll see you guys next time. Later!